Hey, podcast listeners, hope you're doing well, and I hope you are winning contracts. Before we get into today's episode, I want to take a minute to share something with you that's working for our clients. Our federal access knowledge base is helping companies win contracts every single day. I regularly get emails from members thanking us and saying things like, hey, I just won a $2 million contract. Many of you have seen a video that Chris Danback shot for us at GovCon. Chris won two contracts totaling $30 million. One of our members emailed me this morning and said, the turning point that opened my eyes was using federal access to establish a professional and systematic business development and RFP process. I've now won two contracts worth $480,000. Federal access is helping a lot of companies win. It can help you too. So here's the deal. I have a special offer for you. Visit federal-access.com forward slash game changers today and get started for just $29. You're going to get access Access to a digital copy of the government sales manual, over 70 strategy videos, more than 30 webinars, 300 documents and templates, and one of my favorite pieces is SME support. So when you run into any issue, any challenge at all, you can email me directly for help. So go check out the special offer today at federal-access.com forward slash game changers. The link is in the description below the podcast. So go check that out today, federal-access.com forward slash game changers so you can get started for just $29 today. Now let's hop into this episode. Welcome to Game Changers for Government Contractors. Game Changers is dedicated to helping you position for and win more government contracts. And now your hosts, Josh and Mike. My name is Michael Lejeune and I will be your host today on Game Changers. I want to get right into the show by welcoming our guest, Joshua Frank. Josh is the founder and managing partner and my business partner at RSM Federal. Josh, please take a minute to tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and RSM. Hey, thanks, Mike. So, Mike, I've been in the uh, the federal market for over 25 years. I'm a former intel officer. Uh, I speak uh, at various national government events around the country and I specialize in government sales, more specifically, techniques and strategies to accelerate into the market. Uh, I am also a small business advocate. Uh, I support the National uh, Small Business Association, Veterans Business Resource Center, and several other organizations around the country. So that's a little bit about me. Cool. Do you want to tell our listeners a little bit about RSM for those that don't know? Sure. So, um, RSM Federal is a management consulting firm uh, that helps small and large businesses accelerate into the federal space. And what do I mean by accelerate? We are not a company that does bid matching. Okay. There are a lot of companies. If you want to look for opportunities out there, there are a thousand of which I probably would say 12 are fairly strong. Um, and, And we can hook you up to these bid matching contract management tools. What our company does is we help companies once they have identified opportunities, how to engage them and how to win them. And that's the reason why the SBA gave us the veteran business of the year because of the billions of dollars that our clients and members have won in government contracts. Yeah, no, I, I think that's super important that you mentioned that we're not bid matching. So maybe that should be stamped on everything we do because, you know, <laughs> m- most uh, contractors seem to be looking for bid matching tools all the time. And it, it's one of those things that I think it'll probably tie in a little bit to, to what we're talking about today. I think a lot of people are always looking for 
more opportunities to bid on, but not necessarily looking how to get better at bidding on those things and how to get better at the whole process and things like that. And really a lot of what we work with our clients on, uh, you know, Josh and I are both with RSM. A lot of what we work with our clients on is really making them better at the process, you know, making them sharper at those things, the, the critical things that it takes to do to win a contract. Cause you know, I, you were at the conference at one time when I say, Hey, you know, who here has bid on a bunch of contracts and won nothing. And she'll, she will forever be 11 and zero. you know, this woman's like, I've, <laughs> I've bid on 11 contracts and won nothing. And that's a, I've heard people who, who it's the number is much larger where it's, you know, 75 or how do you bid on 75 and not, I mean, that's, that just feels horrible, right? Bidding on all those contracts and winning nothing. Yeah, I mean, that's it's a good point. And this probably a good discussion topic for another podcast. But, you know, um, you know, if you were to show the numbers, right, it's like uh, I know we're going off on a tangent, but it's like GSA schedules. Fifty percent of companies that have GSA schedules don't make any sales. They that's totally right. fail. You know, um, the I don't know what the number is. I'm guessing it's pretty high. Uh, it's probably in the 80 percentile of companies that use bid matching systems don't win any contracts. Right. Yet all these companies and look, a strong bid match, a strong contract management tool, whatever you want to call it, uh, that helps you identify what your opportunities are. They can be the P tax. Uh, they can be the four, uh, the various for profit companies of the world. But at the end of the day. Everybody has access to these systems and 80% that use them fail. Right. So it's obviously getting the uh, identifying opportunities is not the path to success. Uh, Again, I'm off on a tangent, but you've got my juices flowing. Yeah. Well, that should really be stamped on almost everything we do. Right. (laughs) Yeah. You you know, it's and I think it it is going to tie in today. You know, when I look at that, I think about how companies think just having the bid matching tool is going to do it. And, And I think of it as. Imagine having a great offense, but no defense or, or vice versa. You know, it, it's like you. there's two sides to the to the game here and people need those things. And I think one of the reasons that people struggle when they're going after opportunities is is our topic today. You know, is capturing and communicating your past performance, because a lot of companies, they again, they're solely on offense. I'm finding opportunities. I'm filling in the blanks and I'm hitting send. And I'm crossing my fingers and hoping, you know, like that's a huge part of the strategy. And then when it gets to the to the cap, you know, the the past performance piece, you know, they're really weak in that area. And that's an area that to me is the game changer when it comes to an RFP. So if I'm looking at RFPs and I look at one company who's done exactly the type of project that we have put in the RFP, and I mean, literally, it's it's very similar. The size of company they did it for is similar. Um, the solutions, the benefits were very similar versus the other company who like they're like, we think we could. Yeah, we could do this, you know, based on you know what we've done. You know, this makes sense. We could tackle this project, you know, but they haven't done it. They haven't, you know, they haven't the, they don't mm-hmm. have the past performance. And if they have it, they haven't communicated it. So I think those are really big deals. That's a fundamental in being able to, once you've identified an opportunity, actually being able to win it. 
you know, the, this this topic here today. So let's let's start with why, which I think I've hit on a lot of right here. I've maybe stolen the thunder, but let's start with why communicating your company's past performance makes so many folks break out in a sweat. Because I know I know it makes people freak out because they're like, oh, I don't know how to communicate this or what to do or what we can communicate and what we can't. Because you know, is that secret? Can we tell people that we did that work for the army? I just don't know. All right. So first, capturing your past performance and communicating your past performance are two very distinct separate activities, right? Many companies, especially smaller businesses, smaller companies, have challenges doing both. Um, I think the best way to answer your question, companies fall into one of two buckets, okay? Uh, First bucket, they know what they've sold, right? Whether it's a product or a service, uh, but they communicate their past contracts, their past performance, in terms of features or capabilities rather than the value that they provide to their clients, right? So, all right, here's an example. A construction company, right, designed and built uh, a new structure, new building. They talk about in their past performance who their subcontractors were, the cost of the contract, who the client was, the schedule, but nothing about the value that they really provided. It was simply a construction contract, right? Um, Another example, uh, and these are all real examples uh, from our clients, Um, you know, a building security company installed a closed caption TV, a CCTV system in an existing building, and they talk about the number of cameras they installed, how long it took to install, the software used to monitor the cameras but nothing about the value that the system provided to the client. One more. Uh, give, me, give you uh, another one pops to mind. Technology company, right? They perform a software project. They talk about the software they used, the databases they touched, the number of developers they used, the cost of the contract, but nothing about how it saves money or decreases the client's workload. Uh, or a percentage improvement in in maybe data access, right? So that's that first bucket, right? They know what they sell, but they don't communicate anything other than capabilities. Second bucket, they know what they've sold and they understand not only what product or services they provide, but they understand the value of their solutions. And and they know how to communicate the value. So uh, I'll, I'll pull one of the examples we just gave the construction company the construction company when they 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 do their past performance review uh, of the contract they don't focus on who the subcontractors were they don't focus on the schedule they don't focus on what they did they focus on all right i'm going to run through these uh like number of client personnel that actually use the building uh maybe the number of clients customers that are impacted by the project. Uh, The fact that the construction project was completed, I don't know, three, four weeks ahead of schedule. Maybe it was completed at 7% below cost. Maybe the building decreased energy costs by 18%. You know, uh, improved client collaboration with a 10%, I don't know, pick your number, 12%, 15% decrease in change orders which was below industry standard. Oh, by the way, they were awarded the client's top vendor award for outstanding support. So, you know, I just ripped off like a half a dozen 
qualifiable, quantifiable metrics that communicate value. So it's not what they built, right? So for all of our SAMI members, right, um, all of our um, construction companies out there, it's not what you build. It's the value that the project provided to your client. Let me go one step further. The security company, right? They don't focus on their cameras. That contract they had was for installing cameras, and they don't focus on it. They focus on, um, gee, there's a 35% increase in coverage. That since the installation had stopped, uh, you know, you know, 35%, you know, increase in coverage that literally stopped three attacks, physical attacks in the back parking lot, right? Now, by the way, how do they know that? They have to stay in touch with the client even after the contract's over. Right. And that's a part of understanding value. The fact that the new system streamlined all security uh, features, uh, including access control, uh, there was a 66 decrease in required manpower, you know, based on 30 years experience, uh, the ability to deploy a new system in a manner that was 24% more cost effective, and it saved the client 15% annually on security costs, right? I, I mean, I can go on and on, quantifiable, qualifiable metrics. Again, it's not about the security system. It's the value they provided. So to close up, you know, th there's two buckets. You either know how to communicate the value of your, uh, of your prior contracts, or, you know, your past performance, or you don't. Or you fall into the bucket of you do know how to do that. And so if your focus is on your solutions, you're not competitive. Let me say that one more time. If you're focused on your solutions, you're not competitive. If you focus on value you win contracts. Right. No, that's, that's huge. And I think that is where a lot of people focus. In fact, you know, you were given um, a, a few different examples there in the beginning. And the one example that popped in my mind is I think people are actually a lot lazier than we give them credit for sometimes when it comes to, you know, saying their past performance. I've actually seen when, when we've requested something about past performance, somebody will say something like, well, we were, we won the VA advisor contract. Like, so that's what you were going to write is that assuming that whoever's looking at that knows what the VA advisor contract is, assuming that they know what your role in that is, assuming they know what the value and benefits were that you provided. I mean, like I see people literally that lazy sometimes where they just write in past performance, they just write the name of the contract they want. Because they're like, well, you know, it's a big deal to us, so you know, people should know that. And, and like, that's not even scratching the surface there. I mean, it it may feel good that you did that, but that just that is not near enough for people. You know, they really need to dig into those those metrics that you were talking about and get in the mind of the client and like, what's important to the client? You know, what it, what are the thing the challenges the client's trying to to uh, you know, accomplish here. And those are things we want metrics for because that looks impressive. Cause I see that on eBay all the time, right? You'll get on eBay and you're shopping for products and one person's filled out, uh, it's exact same product. It's the same model number, everything, but one shows you like three or four bullet items. And the other one shows you like 87 things and it's broken down like the processors or whatever it is. And you're wowed by the value and benefits of the second one, that's the same model number, you know? And so you buy the other one, even if it's a little more because you just, you've had that trust, 
you know, there's a trust when you get to see what it's accomplished. And I think that's a lot of what people are looking for when they're going through these contracts. They're, you know, these RFPs, they're looking for a level of trust that says, I want to award this to this particular company. So here's a big question. You know, it's probably one of the most common questions we hear about past performance. So what do you do if you don't have any government contracts? You know, so you, you've only won commercial contracts. Can you still be competitive? Yeah. Yeah. That, not, that's a good question because we get it all the time. Uh, you know, I would remind our listeners, think about this from a business perspective, not a government perspective. So uh, I guess a couple of points. First, past performance is past performance. You know, the government sometimes will ask specifically for government expertise, but that's often not required. You know, the government recognizes that private sector is often ahead of the government, right? Think about it. By the time the government moves through an acquisition and acquires a product or service, industry best practices have often already shifted, improved, moved forward. And so the government looks to private industry, to government contractors in order to stay relevant and not fall too far behind. So to answer the question, if you don't have government contracts, your commercial past performance, right, your commercial expertise is absolutely competitive as long as you focus on the value and not the capabilities that you provide. So, you know, in a sense, you really don't need or have to have past government contracts to be competitive, right? Uh, mm, all right. So I, I know what I just said, but the answer to that is yes and no. You can absolutely be competitive with only commercial contracts. But if your proposal, uh, but, but your proposal can be a lot stronger if at least one of the, let's say, three required past performances, a government one. Um, you know, for our listeners uh, that don't have government expertise uh, or have a couple of contracts, but but those government contracts don't align with the opportunity they're looking at, you know, this is why you team. This is why you put one or two subcontractors on your team or why you may join another team. There's, uh, so I would say, Mike, there's no right or wrong process here. Uh, after reading a statement of work or a performance work statement uh, and you look at the evaluation criteria, if you feel you'll be highly competitive on your commercial alone, then you go for it. But if you need government expertise and you don't have it, well, that's the key reason why companies team with other companies. Yeah, yeah, and that's and that's a great opportunity to go and approach another company and team, you know, and, and build a relationship there. So I like that. So so the the bottom line is you don't have to have government contracts to be competitive, but if you do that, that'll sweeten the deal. I mean, that's really the bottom line on that one. So so mm -hmm. okay. So let's let's talk some techniques and strategies here. So many of our federal access members have a list of their past contracts in, say, Excel or a Word document or something like that. And, you know, but it's really painful to kind of process this and to kind of crosswalk, if you will, the requirements of an RFP to the value they've provided. And, and even then, they can't easily identify which contracts they've completed and what the value they provided. I, th I think it's mostly a tracking issue, uh, maybe a process or administrative issue. How do our members successfully select the right past performance to use and know quickly what value they're going to communicate in their proposal and you know what's the best method for tracking you know this information? <laughs> a multitude of questions that, there. That's a lot. Okay. All right. So let, let's start with tracking. 
okay? Different companies do it different ways, right? There's no right way or wrong way. Uh, some companies use spreadsheets. You already alluded to that. You know, they, you know, what's the name of the contract? What was the service provided? What was the value provided? Some use databases. Um, you know, when you've been in the market long enough, you have these past performance write-ups, right? That you're, you're, you know, plugging and playing into, into your various proposals. Um, and, and those write-ups, those past performance write-ups, those are often filed on a, on a company intranet or a computer everyone has access to. So there's no right way, Mike. Uh, but you do have to be able to filter your past performance data. So, you know, so that if you simply want to know, here's an, ex uh, give you an example. If you simply want to know every contract where we touched an Oracle database or data set, right? Let's say it's a technology company or, or better yet, um, every contract where we had to use a specific AutoCAD software for a construction project that you can quickly filter it and say, we have, let's say four contracts with the AutoCAD software. Uh, let's say they were, uh, we, you look down the list and it's Monsanto, Blue Cross, the Army Corps of Engineers and the city police. You quickly see, oh, we were a prime on all but the Army Corps of Engineers uh, and we subbed to McCarthy Construction. Um, we can also see all the quantifiable, qualifiable metrics and the percentages, right, of how our work impacted the client, the value provided. So my point is this, Within 10 minutes, I have crosswalk, I'm able to crosswalk our past performance across the 12 different contracts the company has. We immediately find four that apply, identify the value provided to all of them, or I, I, I recognize there are gaps and we have to start a taming process, right? So, you know, to answer, because you asked a couple different questions. Yes, it's very much an administrative and a tracking technique, but it never stops. Every time you finish a new contract, the information is added to your library, right? And so, and I guess one final point, if you want detailed step-by-step -step strategies on capturing your past performance, right? Uh, more importantly, how to communicate the value of your prior contracts, and you want every template you need, including proposal past performance templates, join Federal Access Program, join FA. Uh, you know, it, we already talked at, at the start, you know, it's the leading national program for government contractors, and our members have, you know, done, you know, billion, 1.6 billion in contracts. FA gives you the techniques and strategies you need to win. So, you know, this is, yeah, this is a, this is a hard push here because everything we're talking about past performance, where a lot of companies have challenges, all those techniques, strategies, and templates, um, are, are available with an effect. And, so, and you've built a, a monster template just for capturing past performance. Yeah. So, so I mean, yep. I, I don't know if you, if you want to take a second here and tell people about that template, because, uh, I mean, hey, join FA or, you know, spend, you know, five years building your own. It's it's totally your call, right? But why don't, why don't you tell them just a minute about that template a little bit? Uh, real briefly, uh, we have a massive step-by-step uh, -step technique and strategy called competency mapping that helps you interview your employees that are on site, that helps you identify, ask all the right questions to figure out what your percentages, your numbers, uh, your savings, 
all these massive differentiators and value statements that most companies go, I have no idea where to even get that. Will the client even give it to me? Yeah, they will. You just need to know how to do it. So um, again, tons and tons of of stuff that we that, that FA can can do to help you go down this road. Uh, and if you have any questions, uh, just give Mike or myself a call. Yep, yep, just reach out. So let's close up by talking about marketing your past performance. Let's say you understand the value of, of your, your past contracts. How should you use this information? How should you use this information? Okay, so I think we would – let's start with the baseline. If you don't understand the value of the products or the services that you provide to your clients – right? Nine times out of 10, um, you know, your capability statement, your marketing collateral, your website, your proposals, when you're in face-to-face discussions, they're all going to be challenging, right? I, I mean, I mean, think about it. Uh, you know, when we go to a conference and we, we meet, you know, hundreds of companies, we say, hey, what do you do? So many of them stumble, right? Uh, they're real good at, you know, well, we're an IT company. All right. That's great. I, I don't want to hear about you being an IT company. I want to know what value you provide in the market. Right. And, and so, you know, if you can't touch on value, then any marketing you have is going to be challenging. Um, let me go down further. If you're not getting on the teams you want to join, right, uh, to, to go after opportunities, it's likely because you're not communicating enough value. So, I, Mike, I would ask our listeners to think about their next marketing project. Do they have the necessary qualifiable, quantifiable metrics, right, for any marketing project to be successful? Because if not, I do a hard stop on their marketing project and focus first on uh, identifying the value of their contracts. Now, once they have that, right, once they've got a strong understanding of value, it is so much easier uh, you know, to, to truly differentiate and, and communicate a competitive advantage. So now I'll answer your question. <laughs> All right. So how do you use this information? Most companies hammer their value in four or five locations. One, their capability statement. Two, their website. Three, face-to-face. So if you're at conferences or trade shows or prospect meetings. Four, in their proposals. And five, as part of a subject matter expert platform and utilization of social media, et cetera. So those four, five, if you include the, the social media piece, uh, is that's how you use the info or where you use the information. Yeah, no, I, I think those are all super important. In fact, you know, while you were talking and you, you keep asking about, you know, understanding what you do and kind of getting, you know, that, that same the example with the IT company. Well, we're in IT. Okay. So what is it that you do? I always think of the office space scene with the bobs, you know, so tell me what it is you do here, <laughs> you, you, you know, because like sometimes you're at, the, at these networking events or you're at a conference and somebody tells you and you just want to go, so tell me what you do here. And they say it, and you, you just want to ask again. And you're like, right. Okay. You know, really tell mm-hmm. me what you do here, because that's how we often come off when we're just starting off is like people don't understand like people don't until you get into like you talked earlier about you know the qualifiable quantifiable metrics and things like that and really get into the nuts and bolts of the value and the benefits people don't understand what you did 
And so it it sounds funny, you know, the movie was funny and that yeah, it sounds funny. Because but that's the reality. That's why, you know, they made the spoof, right? Of that's the reality of the answer most people give <laughs> is it's like I still don't know what you do. <laughs> you know? Right. So I mean, that's just the way it is. Uh, I don't know if you've seen the 70s show. There's an episode where they have career day. Kelso goes to his dad, his dad's in I don't, you still don't even know what it is. He's like, so what is it that you do? And he's trying to explain it. And finally he just says, I'm just going to say you're a farmer, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, cause it's like, is that what you do? No, I wish, you know, but, but that's just, that's how it is for a lot of companies. They, they just can't communicate the value of what they do. And that's what, that's the power of making it simple and communicating that. So this is all outstanding stuff for, for our listeners today. Any final thoughts that you want to share with folks? Yeah, I, based on a couple of things you just said, just real quick, um, you know, it, it, so if you have past performance, but you're not winning the contracts that you think you should be winning, it's likely an issue of communicating value. OK, if you don't have a lot of past performance, then this is why companies team with other companies. Uh, and and I think my, my final point of the day would be uh, for our, our listeners that are that are FA, that are federal access members, if you haven't looked at the templates and the strategies in the proposal and teaming modules, everything I discussed today, including all the techniques and strategies, are all located in there. So I would I would ask our members to, to go uh, take a look at it if they have any questions. Yeah, no, super powerful stuff. Yeah, go check out those sections if you're already a member. Uh, I think you'll, you'll really, really love that stuff. So thank you so much. I also want to thank our listeners today for joining us on this episode. Remember, you can find every episode on iTunes. Just look for Game Changers for Government Contractors and subscribe to the feed to make sure you get every episode. You can also learn more about each of our guests by visiting the the official Game Changers website at rsmfederal.com forward slash Game Changers, where we will have links to their websites, social media, and contact information. Uh, and last but not least, please visit our sponsor for today's episode, the Federal Access Program at rsmfederal.com forward slash FA, where you can get all the templates and things that we discussed on this episode and other information on how you can win more government contracts. Thanks for listening to Game Changers for Government Contractors. For a full list of episodes and other resources, be sure and check us out on the web at www.rsmfederal.com slash gamechangers.